0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President, KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
1: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, September four, two thousand twenty. Friday Labor Day weekend. So that's that's a three day weekend we all get. Now it's uh we've survived it because the last two days have been pretty volatile downwards our volatility is not necessarily bad it could be up and down we have a lot of volatility recently then the last two days a couple of pretty big down day volatility but it will not continue it will it will bounce at some point we just don't know where we had good economic news today I'll, I'll be going over that later on the show so we're in unprecedented financial and emotional times and we're experiencing since January a, a constant battle that we've had with this COVID-19. Are we winning the battle? Frankly, I think we are. I know a lot of people are, you know, still upset and there's still sickness and death and all that. But, you know, we've found better ways to treat it. We've we found better ways to try to contain it and it's it's working it's not working like we all would hope but you know it is getting better and if we get the the vaccine and better treatments which i think we will we'll be winning this battle we'll win the battle I'm, i have no doubt about it i do not have doubt now remember it was a self-induced economic collapse that we 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 uh we indu- we did to ourselves but I think it was probably necessary, but at least we're coming back. We're coming back pretty strong. I mean, uh, unemployment, we'll talk about the unemployment, the non-farm payrolls that came out today, and they were pretty good, really. So we'll go over that. But market's still gonna be volatile. It's still gonna go up and down. And, yeah, you know, there's a lot of crosswinds affecting the market and our lives right now, but we can handle it. You just gotta be prepared. That's all. You can be prepared for this. We are prepared. Aren't you prepared? Yes. We all can be prepared. I'm Steve Peasley, and today in this program and podcast, I'm going to do my best to answer any of your financial and investment questions, and I'll do it with, you know, try to do it with cold, hard, analytical skills, not any emotions. That's the key to successful investing. Bring out the emotions of your decision-making. Of course, the show is driven by you. Your calls make it. 888-99-CHART. Call right now. We're live 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. Live right now. Now, of course, I'm here at Invest Talking at my office at KPP Financial based in Irvine, California. We have the same philosophy I mention almost every day, independent thinking and shared success. So we're trying to continue that goal continue to share their success, and continue to think independently. And again, without any emotions involved in our decision-making. So I want to help you. We'll give you unbiased. I promise to give you unbiased guidance. Uh, and you know that we have, you know, I really, really do buy and sell the same things that I do for my clients in my managed accounts I KPP finding. We call it parallel investing. And I really, really do do that. So, and please, trust me, I get audited for these things. So, I mean, I have to do it. So, I put my money with my clients. That's all there is to it. Okay, due to the travel restrictions, we can't really go meet with people. I used to meet with people all the time, but, you know, I'm having a hard time uh, being able to do that. And of course, we, you know, everybody's working from home or not nearly in the office as much as possible. I was only in the office uh, Four out of the five days this week. So, you know, that's getting to be more common that you can work from home. And so we we still will look at your portfolios and give you our, our our opinions. We still do uh if for no obligation, free uh assessments of where you are. And you can do it via phone, Skype, dive, whatever you want, however you want to do it. I encourage you to reach out to me or Justin. Send us an email through InvestOut.com. We'll be happy to go over your portfolio, go over your financial situation, and help you with anything we can. My focus point today, how retiring early affects your Social Security benefits. You know, it's kind of hard to figure out how they configure the amount that you get paid. I mean, maybe we could help with some of, some clarify that a little bit for you today. That's what our... Main focus point is going to be about: should you claim it early, or later? You know what I think about that. If you listen to the show, I think you should claim it later, and get more more monthly benefits. But other topics I want to talk about. I'm um, of course the uh, non-farm farm payroll report that came out this morning. I want to discuss the beige book findings. Beige book, you know what the beige book is? If not, I'll just briefly explain it. And then I want to talk about the Fed's change. In its approach to inflation, what ha- they've changed—they've moved away from how they use what they used to do about inflation. They said they're not going to do the do the same thing anymore. So that's what we're going to do. The market was much worse during the early morning hours, but still was down for the day. Dow was down 159 points, and Nasdaq down 145, and S&P down 28. I think I saw the Dow down 500 points or more earlier in the daytime, so that's not that's not uh, that's a decent comeback during the day. So, is that a reversal day up? A reversal day up? Well, you won't really know that until Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday next week. Okay, let's kick off the first caller participation segment uh, with a voice bank question that came in earlier in our on our intertime listener line eight 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 ninety nine chart.
2: Hi guys, this is Zach in Michigan. Thanks for all that you do. I was calling in regards to Fifth Third Bank. I was wondering what you guys thought about it for a long-term hold and their dividend. I know it's a weird time to get into banks, but I'd like to add something to my portfolio. Thank you very much. Bye. Well, I think we might be
1: early getting the banks. I think banks are going to have a you know you're going to have you want to be that part of your portfolio. Uh, so I don't have a problem with getting into banks. It's just I think it might be it might be early. See, so it's F I T B. Let me type that in. F I T B is the symbol and Fifth Third Bank Corporation. It's a pretty big company, a big bank, fifteen billion. Not one of the huge banks, but it's a large cap company. Uh, they're going to make a dollar twenty-eight this year after making two eighty last year, so like a fifty percent reduction. Then another fifty percent increase next year to a dollar ninety-two. It's a twenty-one dollars stock, twenty-one sixty-three. It pays a five percent dividend. So I like the fact that it pays a nice dividend. Could it maintain that dividend? Yes, it can. Um, what they earn, uh, so they can maintain it. Cash flow is three dollars and sixty-four cents a share. The P.E. right now, $1.92, we're talking about what, 11 P.E.? The range is 4 to 18, so it's kind of in the middle. Um, um, surprisingly, they don't have a lot of debt. It's, remember, this is a holding company for fifth, third bank operating 1,149 bank centers in 10 states. So the debt is 71%, so that's kind of low for a bank, really. Remember, banks make money by using debt. So that means they don't they don't use leverage as much as they could or much as other banks do. Eleven percent return on equity. Uh, mutual funds are bent, and they actually are down from a year ago. Down from a year ago. Um, I kind of like the bank. I think it's a good, strong bank. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. Summer's just about over. Everybody, Labor Day is this weekend. Now, a serious investors to We try our best to manage our fear and, of course, greed. That practice can make us better investors. So we need to talk about this. Your participation is important. We are taking your calls live, 888-99-CHART.
3: It's been another Investor Friday, and we've all seen the market move up, down, and all around. It's called volatility, and you'll have investment and finance questions for Steve and Justin. They welcome your calls now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART.
1: 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Tony in Richmond. He wants to talk about real estate. Tony. Hi, how are we doing, Seth? Good. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. All right. I was wondering if the real estate
3: market pulls back. Will the interest rates climb? No.
1: They won't. You know why? I can say that with all all the confidence, Tony, because the Federal Reserve said they're going to leave interest rates alone even if inflation picks up and stays high for a while. They're going to leave interest rates alone. So I don't think they're going to raise interest rates for a couple of years. They don't. Okay.
3: how long? How I anticipation of how long until that should start pulling back? Because, like you just mentioned, that people were not going to be able to make all their uh, bills and stuff.
1: Yeah, I think what you, I think what we're going to have to see is full employment again. That means getting back down to way below five percent, probably in the three and a half four percent level, and then stay there for a while, and then see wages increasing and inflation increasing, and staying increasing for a little while before the Fed decides to do anything about it. They've said that. So so our first signal, Tony, is when we get full employment again, that'd be your first signal that, okay, now, now the clock is ticking as to when the Fed will start to uh, raise rates. But they won't raise it for a while. They said they're not going to use full employment as a measure of uh of, of uh, inflation because that's what they used to do if the, if the if we have full inflation they start raising full if they have full employment they start raising the interest rates assuming inflation is going to follow it this time they've said they're not that's the change that they have made that's what's going to be one of my talking points that's the change they have made they're not going to raise interest rates even if, Full employment puts pressure on wages, and, and wages go up, and that causes a cycle of inflation and wages going up. They're going to wait and let it stay a while, so until we get full employment, you don't you don't have to ever worry about the Fed. Even then, it's going to be a year or two after that. My personal opinion. Okay, so it's going to real estate uh, mortgage rates going to stay low. My focus point today concerns a story how retiring early affects your Social Security benefits. Your financial future may depend in part on your ability to make a distinction between retiring early and claiming Social Security benefits. There's two things. Retiring early doesn't mean you have you get this you have to or should or get to start taking benefits from Social Security. So, how do they figure this out? Okay, this is what they use. They take 35 years of your highest income to figure out how much Social Security you're gonna get. 35 years of working and take your highest 35 years of earnings. That's what they base a calculation on. Also, if you don't work 35 years, maybe you, you, you stayed home and raised the children for a number of years or whatever, you can't get any social security benefits unless you don't qualify, unless you work for 10 years paying into the social security system. Okay. But I have, but there are, there are exceptions, but there are exceptions, but those are the basic rules. So how much money do they figure out? How much you get? Well, it's a very convoluted and complex formula. And of course, uh, There is a place you can go, and they'll tell you exactly how you do it, but it's much more difficult than you think. Uh, I'll have a little bit more about this after the break. Monday is Labor Day holiday, everybody. The market will be closed, so we have prepared a new Best of Caller Questions podcast. It will be posted and available as a free download. For now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions live, 888-99-CHART.
0: Invest talk is all about above-average investing for the average investor. How do you prepare your retirement plan for a volatile market? Talk about it now, at 888-99-CHART.
3: This is Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART.
1: So I wanted to say about uh, Social Security and taking it early or late or retiring early or late. So your retirement date doesn't have to match your Social Security date of taking benefits you can retire and then hold off till later also when you turn 65 66 or 67 your full retirement age you can take medicare benefits without taking social security benefits you not have to you can separate those two things also if you really want to know how much you're going to get there is a place you can go dot socialsecurity.com at least that's what it says in this article it says mysocialsecurity.com, uh, dot com, and you can figure out. They'll let you know you got to sign in, you got to identify who you are, and they got to verify and all that stuff. But you can find out what your benefits are. They usually start sending the, the uh, sending it to you uh, like at age 60, 61 as to what your benefits are. Sometimes at fifty nine, if I remember, some number of years ago for me. But they tell you, and you can take a look. And if, if you wait, if you get about eight. If, if wait, whatever your full retirement age is for Social Security, if you wait every, a year till you're seventy, and I don't know if it's, they pushed it back to seventy-two or not, but uh, you get eight percent more a year. Remember, eight, you earn eight percent more to your benefit a year, and remember, you get paid a monthly benefit, so that can add up quite a bit of money if you are in very good health. Okay, let's keep things moving. Here comes a voice bank question. Uh, The listener called from California. Hi, my name's Alyssa from California. Thanks for taking my call. I was interested in your thoughts on life insurance. I'm considering signing up for either a universal life insurance plan or a variable universal plan. I'm a healthy 25-year-old. I'm going to graduate school. So I'm going to be taking on a significant amount of debt, and I don't want that debt to be transitioned to my parents without a contingency plan in place. And I've also been told that these types of plans are helpful to begin while you're young because of the compounded interest and because it's tax-free. If you could just let me know your thoughts, I'd be really appreciative. Thank you.
2: Well, to be honest,
1: I don't like the idea. Now, I don't mind life insurance, but get Term Life and take the premium difference because Term is very, very cheap, whereas Whole Life, Universal Life is kind of expensive because it also pretends to be an investment vehicle. But what you can do is take the premium that you're paying for term life and the premium that you would have paid for whole life. Take that difference and invest it in a, 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 an index ETF every year. You're 25. The odds of you dying is extremely remote. And the insurance companies knows that, by the way. They know that. That's why they offer these, you know, whole life universal life because they, you know, if it was term life, they wouldn't make much money. Because the premiums are so low. So I would rather see you take that term life policy if you want to protect your parents, something does happen to you. I'm going to say this. The odds are so overwhelming that nothing's going to happen to you that I don't think you need to take any insurance out, to be honest. But if you feel comfortable, you feel more comfortable to protect your parents, and I'm not sure that that debt goes to them anyways, are you sure? Do they sign on the dotted line saying that they will pay in your behalf if something happens to you? I don't know. I don't know how that works. You know, so, but if you did and that you feel more comfortable, take, do the term life insurance to cover the expense. See, I don't mind life insurance, but it has to be for a purpose, a reason, and she has a purpose and a reason, so therefore... I, won't, I will support her in that. I just don't think she she needs it. But, you know, some people want to be more cautious than me. Okay, as you know, it's Friday. I usually squeeze in a quick rundown of some of the stats, the benchmark numbers. A two-year Treasury yield is at 0.13, the 10-year at 0.67. So the, the the yield spread between the two is fairly healthy. It's still below normal, but it's fairly healthy. The 10-year treasury yield you know is only paying 0.67 a year. That's lower than inflation. That's why people are not buying not not are investing in the stock market. You know, they can get 5 or 6 7% dividend yields in some companies. So why you know good solid companies too who whose dividends go up every year. Gold, nineteen forty-five an ounce, it got up to a little over two thousand. That hit resistance, and then it's just having a heck of time getting back up there and over it. So gold is pulled back at nineteen dollars $1, $1, and nineteen hundred forty dollars an ounce. Oil is at forty-four dollars and eighty-seven cents a barrel. It's been kind of hanging around there for some time. Gasoline on a nationwide basis, two twenty-two per gallon. In California, three twenty-four dollar two a more per gallon, and in Missouri, it's a dollar ninety-three. So oh, we should live in Missouri. Okay, we are now. Yeah, you know, we are now starting the Labor Day weekend. Everybody, the Fair Labor Standards Act, the Fair Labor Standards Act (FLSA) does not require payment for time not worked, such as vacations or holidays. Yet most people, and all two million plus federal employees, generally get paid for holidays. So as we go to break, here's my two part trivia, trivia question. In these times of giant federal budget deficits, do we know what it costs the U.S. government to pay for federal worker holidays? And across time and all cultures, what is the oldest known holiday? I'll have the answer after the break, but for now, my phone lines are open and I encourage you to give me a call. Any investment questions, 888-99-CHARGE.
2: eBay Motors is here for the ride.
3: This is Invest Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Steve and Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888 99 Chart.
1: Okay, before the break, I uh, gave you a, our normal two part trivia question. and... This is what it was. In these times of giant federal budget deficits, do you know what it costs the U.S. government to pay federal workers holidays? And across time on all cultures, what is the oldest known holiday? So, okay, in these times of this budget, of this huge budget, how much does it really cost? You know, they don't really know. They don't break out the cost. So it's almost impossible to figure it out okay there's remember there's two million federal employees so they really don't know it but they do know how much they pay them okay so we can try to deduce something according to the data disclosed in 2016 financial report the federal government collectively paid all federal workforce the whole whole kit and caboodle as my mom would say 136.3 billion dollars that's all federal workers for all work days usually those 2016 figures we can figure out it's about a million dollar per minute or 66 million dollars per hour or 524 million dollars per day. So federal employees are given 10 federal holidays, 13 sick days and 20 vacation days per year. Now I'm just saying that's a huge amount of days. 13 sick days per year, 20 vacation days per year. By the way, when you figure that out, that's about $22.6 billion per year that they pay employees that not to work. 22.6 billion federal employees. Okay, I'm just asking, uh, for all of you who uh, work for a, uh, a private sector, do you get, how many days is that total? Three plus. Forty-three days off a year that are paid? (laughs) Forty-three. No, we don't, do we? Okay, what's the oldest known holiday? You should be able to guess, it's New Year's Day. Early man looked to the heavens seeking knowledge in the movement of the stars, They were disturbed disturbed as winter approached and days grew even shorter and temperature even colder. A few days after the winter solstice, they observed the days began to grow longer. And again, this was the cause of a major celebration in late December, the rebirth of the sun. That's the earliest hope. Different cultures have had some different New Year celebration. For example, The Chinese have a New Year celebration also corresponding to the end of winter. And don't the Chinese New Year last a week? Don't they get a week off for the whole year? I'm just guessing. Maybe someone else knows. For some reason, I think that's right. The first documented celebration of New Year's occurred on March 23rd by the Babylonians over 4,000 years ago. Some history for you. Okay, the first four... Congressional design- designated federal holidays were created in 1870, by the way, just so you know. 1870, four holidays. Okay, let's go ahead and fit another caller question, 888-99-CHART.
0: Hey there, thank you
3: all. This is Mike from Louisville, Kentucky, and I have a question on JPS. That is the Nuveen Preferred Income Securities Fund. It pays a pretty decent dividend, just under $2 billion market cap. But it's a closed fund, and I'm a little concerned about the way they invest, but it looks pretty good, and it's mostly held by individuals and not the uh, institutions, only 9% institution. My question for that is, for you is what comments or analysis would you have that as find some of that for a fixed income vehicle? Thank you, and you have a great day.
1: Okay, this is a closed, it's JPS, new being preferred and in income sector. Closed in funds seeking high current income consistent with capital preservation from preferred securities. Okay, preferred to act like bonds. A so preferred is like a bond. Um, they pay 6.8% yield, which is very healthy and nice. It is a closed in fund, meaning they can sell at a discount or a premium to the value of the preferreds inside the portfolio. So I'd rather see you buy it at a discount, not a premium. And I can't tell from here where it's selling. Is it selling at a premium or a discount? And I have no problem with preferreds as a part of your portfolio as an income. So I don't have a problem with this. And you're right. Very little institution ownership on this. Very little. Um, but you know, if you, if I just would rather see you buy it at a discount versus a premium closed in funds can be have a finite number of shares outstanding. And that finite number of shares means there could be high demand or low demand for this equity, and that could drive it price up, uh, disregarding the actual value of the holdings inside it, or it can drive it down, or so. So you just don't know. You can figure it out, though. They will tell you what the net asset value is. It's at $8.97 right now, but is that at a premium or a discount to the holdings that it has? you got to answer that question. The KBP Premium newsletter was distributed to subscribers today and is packed with helpful information and some insight. In the market conditions sections, I explained that this week was a wild ride with the events of Thursday and Friday, or this morning, because I wrote it in the morning, and the market was down 500 points. The Dow was. they only ended up being down 159. But it's still a wild ride, is it not? So the market was clearly overbought, and a correction is healthy, I'd say. And as we have pointed out for several weeks now, the market has been running on momentum. It may continue to do so, but pullbacks should be expected. And they're healthy. Though the market is volatile, the economic numbers are looking up. They are not nearly as good as pre-COVID, but they are steadily improving. So my speculation is that we will not return to our pre-COVID economic health until we have a vaccine or a rebu- robust treatment for the disease. I also believe we will have those things as early as this year's end or early next year. So you should subscribe to the newsletter if it, it contains a lot of additional information. I give you a couple of port- stock ideas, uh, portfolio management section, uh I talk about in the portfolio management section this week about the transition between working life and retirement life and how what you should do so the newsletter you know the newsletter always provides very solid information on the stock ideas uh, I talked uh, we were talking about a leading American discount retailer that operates 16,000 stores in 45 states also highlighted an $86 billion market marketplace phenomenon, revenue, that revenue exploded 18% this last quarter. Those are a couple of stock ideas. Uh, and of course, I named the names in the newsletter. The consumer watch section, I talked about smartwatches. Now, you know they're getting smarter, those smartwatches, and that's what I was referring to. And... Where they're getting smarter is going to make make these watches explode in demand, and that is in healthcare. They're already already tracking fitness, right? They're doing that a pretty good job of it. But what about healthcare? For instance, what happens if the, a smartwatch can take your blood sugar level and a constant reading? You think that's impossible? I do not. I really don't. If that could happen, if that does happen, think of all the diabetics who will be buying a smartwatch. See, I think you know. What about uh, you know? What if it could? What if it could warn you about a, heart, a, a potential heart attack or a coming heart attack? Because there are a little bit of little bits of signs that you're going to have a heart attack. What if it could warn you about that? Possible. It's taking your heart rate, right? I think it's possible. So those things are coming, and if that does happen, what the smartwatch industry is going to just explode, explode. Anyways, there's more information in the newsletter. There always is. Uh, By the way, I did march in a new player in the smartwatch business called FitBeat. Have you heard about FitBeat? Might want to check that out. So there's a lot of information, valuable information in the premium newsletter, and it's easy to subscribe. You can go directly to InvestTalk.com, And after subscribing, you can receive the full report each Friday directly in your inbox, email inbox. Or why don't we go ahead and start, grab a uh, a caller question, a different one. 888-99-CHART.
2: Hey, guys, love the show. Brian here from San Diego. I'm currently active duty in the military, and I had a question about my TSP the Thrift Savings Plan, which is a federal retirement fund. Right now, under the CARES Act, we're able to withdraw without that 10% penalty. And to be honest, I don't really like the performance that the TSP has had, even in the past couple of years, let alone recently. Would you advise me to take it out, or would you recommend me taking it out and just investing it in my, in my own manner, which I can outperform easily? Thank you. Yeah, the problem with TSPs
1: is there's only like five funds. There's a S fund, an I fund, a, you know, a a G fund. These funds, there's only five. One is income, one is stocks, one is stable. One, you know, they're not. They're, there's there's very little information about them, and they're not very good. So he's asking about it. If I, you know, it's a great great that I'm putting money in it, and I think that's a smart idea. But if I can take the money out without penalty, uh, I might invest it in a, in, a, in a better index. I might. But do you have to put it back at any time? If you do have to put it back at some point, I wouldn't mess with it. But if you can take it out, and can you? if you do take it out, does that, are you going to be taxed on that money if you take it out? Or can you roll it into an IRA, which would be no taxes? If you take it out and you tax the money, I wouldn't take it out. I mean, that's the whole reason why you use these tax-deferred tax, tax deferred or tax-free type, tr- type of retirement accounts. So there's no taxes paid. And more money can be working for you, and you pay less income tax when you put the money in. So, see, so you got to really find out all those facts. I mean, I don't know. So find out if it can be rolled into an IRA, or if you take it out, you're going to be taxed on the money you take it out. If you are going to be taxed, don't take it out. If you can roll it to an IRA and Buy an index fund. That's fine. I, you know, you can buy individual stocks if you know enough. That's that's very doable, and you have enough money. But there's a lot of ifs in there. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I hope you are making the right choices with your money in your 401k or 457, 403 b, whatever you have. And candidly speaking, unless you have a lot of time to study fundamentals and trends, it's pretty difficult to know just when to move in and out, or what to buy, and what investments are a good long-term play. It's just, you know, there's a lot of options. It's hard to know. And of course, that's where Justin and I can help you. At KPP Financial, we have many years of experience with 401ks and all types of accounts, and we can guide you. We can explain why certain investor strategies would work better for you than others, and what things work and don't work, and What's aggressive, what's not aggressive, that kind of thing. So call our KPP financial office in Irvine, California, or send us a message through investtalk.com. Yeah, they talk to you. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART.
3: This is Invest Talk. Good news, Steve and Justin have recorded another rapid-fire-hour podcast. They take caller questions at a faster pace, but you still get their unbiased answers. In this special bonus show podcast, you'll hear responses to 34 finance and investment questions. The theme of the program concerns market processes, best practices for investors, and explanations of various terms and investment opportunities. So tell your friends, search Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, or investtalk.com for the free August Rapid Fire Hour. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. Hello, Steve and Justin. This is Tony in Minneapolis. I was calling regarding VTIP, short term treasury and protected securities as a position for cash. Uh, I'd like to up my cash position in anticipation of the election and potential drop in stock values and just a place to hang out and
1: wait. I'll look for your answer online. Once again, that was VTIP. Thank you. BTIP is Vanguard Short Term Inflation Protected Bonds. It's an exchange-traded fund tracking Barclays U.S. Treasury Inflation Protected Securities, zero to five-year index. So these are shorter-term uh, treasuries, inflation protected, and they pay a 1.9% dividend. And you know they had they took a big hit in the COVID uh, near the COVID fall. They went from 50 down all the way to 46.50. Now they're at 50.95. So, uh, they don't, you know, you really don't get capital appreciation. You can, but that's not what they're designed for. So, the question is it, you, you said a place to park money because you'll get 1.9%, long, long as the net asset value doesn't fall 1.9%, you're okay. But it could fall 1.9%. So, so what, but the good thing is, is how they protect you from inflation is they get reset every six months. Whatever the inflation rate is at every six months, that is added. If it rises, it is added. That percentage rise is added to the yield. So that 1.9% will go up. If it shrinks, inflation shrinks, it's deducted from the yield every six months. But I'm pretty sure we're gonna have a rise inflation, not a shrinkage. So it might be a good place to park some money. Good. Well this is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley and we have one goal here, same goal all the time, as to help you achieve financial freedom. I talk about financial freedom often. So of course our work continues after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99 chart.
3: Welcome to Friday. It's been a wild ride in the market. So strap on your risk belt and pop in your earbuds. This is Invest Talk, And now more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Tell your investor friends and neighbors that Steve Peasley is on duty and taking listener questions now. 888-99-CHART. Hi, there's uh, questions uh, either for Steve or Justin. Been listening to your podcast for a while. I was wondering what you guys thought about BlackBerry,
2: BB.
0: And I'll be looking forward to your answer on the show. All right.
1: Bye-bye. I don't care for it. BlackBerry Limited, a uh, Canadian company, operates a security software and service company in securing the enterprise of things. Now, think about it: they were a telephone company and they were the leader. They came up with the first keyboard and they're the first ones to allow, you know, receive and send email. They're on the cutting edge. Then they fell by the wayside. So this company lost money in 2014, 15, 16, started making money in 2017, six cents a share. This year they're going to make 13 cents, next year, seven cents. Year after, thirteen cents. So there's no compelling reason to own or buy this stock. Sales were growing. They shrank in May, the May quarter, by seventeen percent. Before that, they were growing. The two point eight billion dollar company with, you know, uh, two hundred and eighty million dollars a quarter, which means that from a price to sales ratio, it's pretty good. But you know, they—it's just not worth the effort, really. It's not worth your money. It's not worth your speculation. It's a five dollar stock, and it's probably going to stay pretty close to five dollars a share. I don't even think it's worth five dollars, personally speaking. Now it could go up to ten, but I doubt it. I Think it's going to stay low. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be a buyer. I wouldn't consider it. Okay. Okay. The non-farm payrolls: one hundred thirty-seven million. Actually, one point three seven million. One point three seven million new jobs were produced. Uh, they expected one point two million, so it was a little bit better than that. Last month it was 1.73 million, but you know you expected it to go down as we put more and more jobs. What was a little bit of a surprise is unemployment rate fell to 8.4 percent. It was 9.8 percent. I'm saying it was it was 10.2 percent. Expected it to fall to 9.8, but it fell further than that to 8.4. So what was a surprise about the report was earnings. Average hourly earnings jumped four tenths percent for the month. They expected it to be flat. And it was up one tenth of percent before. That's kind of or that's that's a pretty decent jump. Is that and remember, remember, our we are, we have eight percent, eight and a half, almost eight and a half percent unemployment. We don't have full employment, and yet earnings went up, hourly earnings. Why? There's no pressure by the employers to raise earnings, but they did. Is that inflationary? That's really the question. Okay, and what about, uh, did you know what the Basebook is? Basebook is the, the the Federal Reserve has, you know, what, uh, 12, nine or 12 districts around the United States, and each one of those guys does a survey in their own district, the Federal Reserve presidents in their district, does a survey of economic conditions in their, their district, and then they report that. Once a month, put it in the base book and we, we get it released and we find out what they are. Many parts of the economy are experiencing a slow growth or slowing growth, okay? And they said because among, among there's lingering anxiety about COVID. The bright spots across the country were housing and car and truck sales. So... Facebook is saying, you know, the the growth that we came that we experienced coming out of the depths of the COVID debacle is slowing. We're still getting growth, but it's slowed down. And housing is a bright spot, which you would know if you listened to the show because I told talked to you about housing starts a week ago, and then existing housing reports this week, and how big those numbers were, and you would have known that. Because mortgage rates are sold. So. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. I will return next week. Monday is Labor Day holiday, so we have a prepared new Best of Caller Question podcast. It will be posted and available as a free download. And to tell your friends and family members that they can choose from over 100 archived InvestTalk podcasts as free downloads. You can do it at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and InvestTalk.com. Independent thinking, shared success. This is InvestTalk. Enjoy the holiday weekend, everybody.
0: Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically.